0: Well, welcome to the Property Pulse podcast. Uh, Matthew Norris is joining us once again on the podcast. This Hello, will everyone. be uh, At least every week, Matt. Um, and, Matt, uh, we've got a great podcast coming up with John Buckley from REMAX Capital um, there in Canberra. Um, and, of course, so much going on over there at the moment. The bushfires are heavily impacting yep. the market. Um, but in spite of all of that, it seems like the market's... Um, resurgent and uh, John's expecting that the market will continue to strengthen uh, over 2020 um, and r- really interesting some of his insights about how it is that he got to not only just get into real estate but um, how it is that he formulated his uh, methodology and um, how it is that he goes about the the sales process
1: yeah yeah it was interesting like um, just to see like, obviously I'm still relatively new to the industry and just to see like, how
2: other people are you know how other people started
1: yeah
0: yeah, because we've been talking about your story somewhat over recent times. Uh, yeah. starting there on YouTube, just barely out of high school, and then developing a media business, uh, running a mayoral campaign, and ultimately uh, finding yourself with a, uh, a a marketing business that led you to to us meeting essentially, yeah, exactly, and yeah. uh, doing videos together, and uh, and now uh, working much more intimately um, over uh, over the last year or so. Yeah, and um, and it's and as we've mentioned previously, you know, people come to real estate from all different directions, and um, and it was really interesting to see, whereas you're, you came from the media side of things and the marketing side of things, um, uh, John really came from the building side of yeah, things. Yep. Um, and, uh, and and interesting to see his transition from that sector and into real estate and how for him it. it, it uh, although there were some stumbles along the way, it was otherwise a, a good experience. Yeah, definitely. So, um, John in this podcast goes into depth about uh, what the dynamic is there in the Canberra market, and um, we'll be bringing on uh, more personal. Personalities, uh, real estate personalities like John um, over the coming weeks he'll be uh, where we'll be uh, highlighting a capital city or a region so that our listeners can get a real insight as to what's going on, not just here in Adelaide but all the way around the country and hear from those movers and shakers and influencers in real estate as to yeah. um, what is going on out there. And so hopefully lending more value to consumers, people that are looking to buy and sell and might be interested in what's going on in other marketplaces um, but also to the agents that are tuned in every week. So um, I I, I certainly enjoyed this podcast. Yeah, it was good fun. And and so straight into it now, here's John Buckley from Remax Capital. Welcome to the Property Pulse podcast. I'm your host, Dave Stockbridge. Well, thank you again for joining us on the... uh, Well, we've got a new name, haven't we, Matt? uh, The Property Pulse. The Property Pulse. And uh, Matthew Norris is joining me once again. And uh, today is um, uh, one of those uh, opportunities that I hope we have more of where we get to be able to share some of the stories of uh, some of the uh, most successful agents in the country, but also learn the intricacies of their marketplace. And um, John's been on our uh, previous podcast before and lent tremendous value. One one of his podcasts was, uh, well, the podcast, sorry, that we had John on was one of our more or listened to um, over the last part of last year. So, um, so John Buckley from Remax Capital is back with us once again, and uh, and driving around somewhere around Queen I'd imagine, John. Um. Oh, in the in the nation's capital, and um, and John. So, uh, just really quickly, um, a lot of people are in, interested in, um, in in the people that we've had on the podcast. And look, uh, the big question that gets asked: like, what what is it that drew you into real estate all those years ago? Uh, thanks, I appreciate
2: that, and thank you for the opportunity, gents, to have me on the podcast. I appreciate that as well. Uh, how I started in real estate: I was very keen. I was in the building industry. I was working and uh, doing pretty well, uh, working my way up from uh,
1: just being a uh, labourer
2: to a, a bit of a leading hand and moving up the chain there, but uh, I had a cap because I had no skills uh, with formal sort of recognition. Like most people are in real estate, I guess, I was looking for something I could improve and uh, concentrate not so many, much on hours' work, but more on uh, what I could bring to the table with my... Uh, ability to be able
0: to uh, talk to people, I guess. And, and was there um, a, was there a particular point where you thought, "Hey, hang on, this is a, this is a path for me. This is viable. I, I, you know, now's the time. I've got to stop doing what I'm doing and jump wholly into real estate." Was, where, where, what did that moment look like for you? Uh, it was 10 unemployment at that
2: stage, yeah. and yet we could barely find people to do overtime working on building sites as basically unskilled labour wow. and uh, so I was quite surprised at that and we were working on a building in North Sydney and I looked at my pay slip and I'd worked 99 and a half hours that week wow. and uh, uh, I, so I said well that's the limit I can't. I could have squeezed out another half hour just to bring
0: it up to the time <laughs> so close no would have known,
2: known I was that close I certainly would have <laughs> um, but um, I, I sort of I, I just went well okay that's that put about eighteen hundred dollars in my hand, and mm-hmm. about eighteen hundred dollars, or sixteen hundred to the tax man, whatever it was, it was it was pretty much even Stevens for mm-hmm. me and uh, wow. uh, and the tax man. And I thought, uh, well, this is as far as I can go with this. I can't keep, you know, that sort of number of hours. So
1: mm.
2: uh, I then started to, to look for other opportunities. And as it happened, I'd uh, been listening to a real estate trainer by the name of Tom Hopkins. Do you uh, yeah? Have you heard of? I have, yeah. One of the real estate greats from America, back good old-fashioned real estate training from back in the day, yeah. but I had been given it. Uh, his tape series as a young man by a um, by a real estate agent who asked me, oh, so here, listen to this, and um, listen to what this boy has got to say, and I used his goal-setting technique. So,
0: um, would, would, would you take an opportunity just to explain to perhaps some of the younger uh, members of our audience what a what a tape is? I'm just John. old enough to know. <laughs> <what a tape. laughs> I, 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 I think oh. <laughs> so. You got well, this tape series, the the Tom Hopkins series, and uh, so the, there's some gems there. I mean, that that's something that people are still talking about while well, we're talking about it now, 35 years down the track.
1: Oh, absolutely!
2: And look. I, I had the pleasure years later, in about 19... Uh, so this was just before I came into real estate. Uh, Tom Hopkins came to Australia, and I went and saw him. And uh, I was in, up in the front row, and I, I went and, at the end of it, bought his, his, his entire tape series and books and everything. You know, like every every speaker, they've got the, the merch yeah. at the end of it. And I went and bought it all, and I was getting it signed by, uh, by Tom. And he said, so, John you know, what, what do you sell? What, what, what sales are you in? I said, Tom, I'm not in any sales. Mm. And he said, what? What are you buying all this stuff for? And I said, well, Tom, I've listened to you for years, but I've listened to you on a bootleg um, uh, that I, you know, basically copied, stolen. So <laughs> I, I, I feel guilty about
1: using
2: the golf thing and not paying for it. So this is my way of paying
1: for
2: it. And, um, and, uh, yeah, so look, he wrote a, a lovely, you know, um, a lovely quote on a, on a piece of uh, piece of paper, and and that's proudly in my garage, which is my ballroom. Uh, in my garage today, I, I still look at that every day. So uh, he, he had a famous quote: "I must do the most productive thing possible at every given moment." Yeah. And uh, he wrote on there, "Hey John, go for it." And uh, so yeah, it was sort of. It felt like I was sort of being led into this area as much as anything. I was always keen to sell something, Um, and real estate has got to be one of the finest uh, products
0: to be able to work with, I think. What a fantastic story. That's awesome. Yeah. uh, And so before you even started in real estate, you had uh, high-level training and a fantastic mentor. Yes. um,
2: Well, that and somehow I'd managed to meet one of the other greats in real estate which is John McGrath mm-hmm. and I'd, I'd met him but I'm not through, I'd bought a, a property in Sydney and I'd, I'd met him through other ways yeah. um, uh, he ran a training course called How to Be Successful run by those who are or something similar to that yeah. with uh, Simon Reynolds So I, I, I met him and I had the opportunity I wasn't in the area when I came in I was working down in Canberra by this stage mm-hmm. but I spoke to John and I said look I want to go into real estate what, what tips can you give me uh, to go and get a job I, I thought you actually had to Really make an effort to get a job really
0: <laughs> But you had a pulse I, And that was enough
2: I, I didn't know they threw them at you um, <laughs>
0: that's,
2: uh, But he, he said to me And again words that I've never forgotten He said John you just tell them That you understand uh, It's not a job that's a lifestyle it, it, it's, it's all consuming And I, and I think you know, those words Have, uh, have run through uh, For the rest of my life as well
0: yeah, well, you've got that quote to remind you, and then all, you know, which is just a great mantra to live your career by. And then when you've got that advice right at the beginning of your career, it, it puts you on a, a good footing. So, what, um, what, what was the the first um, taste of success in real estate? Um, you, you landed your first job, obviously.
2: The first job, yeah. I I went to three places and they they threw jobs at me, <laughs> and uh, I thought I was going to be the gun, Dave. I yeah. thought. This, this is how it works. They understand how brilliant I am.
0: And, um, <laughs> they, they, they finally get it. Somebody gets it.
2: Somebody gets it. And then I came into the industry and, oh, what a debacle that was. So, um, <laughs> back in the day, you know, um, you there was no training. Like, the American training that I listened to from Tom is absolutely fantastic, but not all of it is applicable to Australia and Australia's needs. Like, they would take his recommendation, take buyers out to lunch
1: and, mm.
2: and um, you know, teach, teach them how to become a buyer. Well, we had trouble finding sellers, not buyers. Yeah. So, um, um, so yeah, I really, I like everybody, I was on a commission only and I just, I went from earning good money and, and being uh, relatively well-respected to, um, you know, out sort of almost begging for business and uh, and obviously learning, learning the trade the hard way um uh, it's a long slow haul for people starting out in, in jobs like that but uh then then i uh i, I came across the the gentleman training system would send shutters down a few people's spine and others will uh will be cheering but um i came across the gentleman training system about a year or two into my a year into my career and uh, and that really set set me on a great path with really good skills and. Uh, uh yeah it's it's really
0: good opportunities came out of that network and perhaps you could just touch on why it is that neil gemmin was perhaps controversial or um in in back and we're talking maybe 20 or so years ago when um there was a real divide in our industry between those that were gemmin and those that weren't there was um and so um what 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 were the big points of difference to the gemmin system at the time that perhaps set it apart
2: very polarising and very um, very driven towards training, uh, which was a bit rare. So that, I really embraced that because I was I was very much into training. Uh, anti uh, a number of things at that stage: uh, open houses, advertising in specific advertising, not general advertising and marketing. Yeah. Uh, and and obviously very anti auction. So. Um, uh, and I was in a company that did all of those things so I felt pretty uncomfortable or out of out of depth pretty quickly and you know like most people do a year or so or six months into that I then found some people that more, I was more aligned with the values with uh, and was with that organisation for another five or six years um, but yeah very uh, polarising and um, uh, uh, um, um, you know, Genman was never afraid—or still is, I guess—but never afraid to talk, talk directly to the consumers and tell them what they should be looking for in an agent. Yeah. Um, which, which the agents didn't necessarily want to. Yeah, you know, they don't—they don't want somebody else controlling the narrative. So. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but but certainly, look, I, I've lifetime skills that I've learned out of that, and I—I've I've gone on to evolve uh, and sort of not not be as slavish to some of those things. In fact, I met you, Dave, doing a an auction, auction training course, so, yeah. Um, yeah. so uh, yeah, that, that was the journey that I went on was to
1: become an
0: auctioneer after that, so um, yeah, it's... Um, but certainly um, the, the training and the discipline and the ethic around uh, the Gemmin system, it looks like you've interwoven now into a, uh, a broader skill set that now delivers even greater value to your clients.
1: Well, I think it gives you the, a well-rounded ability.
2: I've got clients at the moment that don't want any open houses at all. They, they, they want their property sold without open houses. And to me, that's, that's no problems at all. I, I, I can step into those shoes quite easily and, and not feel that I'm, I'm diminishing the value to, to their property. Yeah. Um, but by the same token, I've got other clients that if I said to them, look, no open houses, they'd, they'd be horrified. So you, you, having skills to be able to bridge and offer what the client needs rather than uh, just, this is my box, and if you're not in my box, then we can't work together. So agents really, have to be well-rounded and offer a lot of skills to the party
0: nowadays. Yeah, well, this is a great point. It's when you are talking to one of those clients that does say to you, hey, we, we don't want open inspections, and you, you might feel that open inspections would... Deliver, say, more people through their property, or um, you, you know they're, that they're, their property would otherwise, apart from their, um, mm-hmm. uh, apart from their inclination, would suit opens. How do, how do you attack that situation?
2: Well, I don't necessarily attack it. In fact, I'm having a conversation with some people at the moment that is is one of. I think they're about to... They're making a decision that's a very difficult decision, and I I sort of won't go into the personal situation, but to say, look, if you go down and make that decision, this is the likely outcome. If you look at it this way, this is your pros and cons of doing it this way. So it's just more that consultative... um, uh, You know, I'm not trying to say to them you might be going to make a mistake, but, look, that's fine. As long as you're prepared that this is what will happen yeah. or what may happen as a result of that and are you happy with that? Yes we are. Okay that's great we're all on the same page yeah. but if you, um, I think you're at the detriment if you are only, you know I'll just use auction as an example, if you believe yeah. that every property must go to auction um, well you're probably you know, missing a conversation with some people who don't feel that way and if you feel that no property should go to auction well again you 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 really aren't offering a well rounded um, opportunity
0: to to your clients yeah and and it sounds like it is just having that conversation and and perhaps also having the that well-rounded skill set as you touched on earlier that enables you to be able to I guess deliver regardless of what it is that the client might be looking for um, when it comes to showing their home and marketing their property
1: you
2: know, my favourite motto is "too lo- too soon old, too late smart." <laughs> and um, you know, you just you're constantly learning. You're really constantly assessing what did I do well, what could have worked better, you know. Um, and and just I, I really think you do need some runs on the board experience-wise. I love young hotshots. Don't get me wrong, but <laughs> sometimes you just look and you say, "Look, you haven't had enough trips around the sun yet to have encountered all of the." The different scenarios and yeah. no one ever does of course but the yeah. more the more experience you've got and that's why I believe that young people coming into the industry nowadays should tag a mentor you know they really need to find somebody uh, like if I was in, in your area Dave I'd be loving to try and get onto your team as a young bloke and uh, like shout out <laughs> to you you know, you know pick up your open signs um, go and whip a sniff around your signs and do whatever you are saying needs to be done because the absorption of the information that comes from that process, um, it, it, it's
0: invaluable. You, can, you can't buy it. Yeah, well, I mean, even Matt just sitting here right now listening in on this, you know, is a second year in, in real estate and uh, to be able to have access to somebody like yourself and be here live and hearing it in person is uh, of huge value. Um okay.
2: It is, but um, the thing I'd say about Matt there is, look, a lot of Matt's would be sitting there saying, how come I'm not the boss already? So, um, you know... Oh, no,
0: he know, says know, that. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: so, so, you know, you, you really do have to earn your stripes in this job. Um, it, it, it is a little bit of time invested because there are so many different scenarios that just take time to learn.
0: And, and talking about those, those scenarios, how, how's bushfires affected... or or how do you feel it might affect the market there in New South Wales and is it having any effect on your marketplace right now?
2: Sure. Well, so basically um, I was here for the 2003 bushfires in Canberra Mm -hmm. which wiped out approximately 470 houses and uh, what a a game-changer it was for real estate at that stage. So the market was just starting to plateau and uh, you took that number of houses out in Canberra in one go and, of course... You know that's a that's a lot of accommodation to be lost very quickly, mm. and in in a climate that is very tight generally anyway, um, you saw prices rise quite sharply after that point.
0: Wow. It, it, uh, so
2: what? what sorry. Yeah.
0: And um, and do you feel that that'd play out that that's likely to play out again now?
2: We're in a different situation, so just talking about this region, mm-hmm. uh, the south coast has also lost around 450 houses as far as I can see. Now the numbers are, are difficult to get, so at, at, a, at another point in time that might look incredibly wrong. Mm. But um, uh, it looks like about 470 houses have been lost on the south coast alone. So that's, we're talking Bateman's Bay, uh, Cavargo, which you would have seen on the news, poor folks there. Um, Uh, down to Bega and whatnot. So in an area... Now, but the difference is for this market is there's a lot of holiday homes in that area and a lot of houses that don't have people in them for a lot of the year. So you Mm. will find that um, uh, it'll certainly have an impact on the market unquestionably, but it won't have, I I don't believe, that exact same level of suddenly you've got, you know, 500 families searching for a home that and there's no one there to, to provide it. Um, so I, 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 it'll have an impact and, but, and also what we'll see, uh, we saw changes to um, building regulations after the 2003 fires in Canberra. Yeah. And we'll, we'll, we'll certainly see um, you know, changes in that area which will affect, um, uh, ironically, just before the fire started, I was out in uh, one of our rural areas and uh, a, a chap was throwing, showing me his house and showing me the fire, the passive fire systems and the active fire systems that they built into this house yeah. because we are the bush, bush capital. You know, we've got our bush grows right to Parliament House here. Yeah. Um, so, uh, it, you know, when those fires come through and they're crowning and they're spotting ahead of them, yeah. uh, it, can be a, it can be a very dangerous place very quickly. So, so you think um, it'll
0: impact on the cost to build as well as these new... Uh, uh, Fire mitigation, Undoubtedly.
2: yeah. Undoubtedly. And, and I even just to the degree that people are looking for a house that is still offering maybe those rural aspects but with a little higher degree of safety. Yeah. Um, so it'll, it'll have impacts on the market and probably some impacts that we won't really sort of be aware of for a number of years um, mm. until you sort of look back and go, wow, that really did change at that time. Sort of.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, and I, I guess it's uh, helpful that you've had that experience before it, it does, in helping you prepare your uh, vendors um, as to what might be on the other side of the horizon.
2: Yes, and also with buyers as well. Just, um, uh, you know, the sort of advice that you can give people that can say, well, look, um, you need know, just keep an eye out for these sorts of things because this is where where you might see some negative impacts. You know, are you in an area that can get insurance, for example? And and what 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 impact is insurance going to have on this? Uh, uh,
0: yeah.
2: on, on this, there, there's a lot to be played out that we just don't know about yet.
1: Yeah.
0: But,
2: uh, but but change is certain.
0: And uh, with um, at the moment, are you experiencing any uh, any difference at open inspections? Is there any change of sentiment in the market? Is it meaning that people are going into a holding pattern? Uh, What what does it mean for you right now in your real estate business?
2: Uh, Look, I I had a fantastic year last year, so in fact, my best year in real estate. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, we always want to be improving, but um, but my best year in real estate last year. But one of the things I was fortunate in one way to do was to be able to sell out my stock a bit before Christmas. Yeah. Uh, have a little, have a little bit of a break, and then uh, I'm in the in the restocking and relaunching phase today. Yeah. So um, we, we, I've got five new properties that are coming on as a result of the last couple of weeks' work. Yeah. That'll will all start to launch now. Yeah. Through to. Um, uh, and that'll be a constant process um, uh, through for the rest of the year. So I, I haven't I've, I haven't had the impact yet at the open houses. I haven't seen that. But I can say that um, uh, we've got an office in Kingston, which is in the heart of, of Canberra. Yeah. And I can say that there is a lot of activity of people walking into uh, into that real estate office looking for, um, uh, we're in a, you know, it's a time of movement in Canberra. Yeah. Uh, so people look at a lot of people posting, you know, tenants, uh, Chap walked in as, as a professional. He's, um, in the Defence Forces lo- looking for a rental property, preferably with a gym. Uh, I, one bedroom, I'm happy up to $650 a week. Mm. Wow. Now, you know, <laughs> we,
1: that's,
2: uh, it's a little bit, um, you know, $650 a week should
1: Stop buy mine.
0: your house. Mining. Um, it's like mining town uh, stuff.
2: Yeah, that's exactly right. So, so um, uh, it'll it'll be a very, I think, a very positive year for Cambarans and and uh, the region, Queanbeyan and the region around. I think it'll be a positive year um, from everything that we're seeing so far. When it comes to real estate, you know, we've got some tough, uh, and a lot of people know a lot of people that have been hurt by the fire, So um, there's a there's a um, uh, you know, it'll there's a lot to grapple with this year, positive and negative. Mm. Um, John, I had a question for you. Um, what
1: are some of like the hot suburbs over there at the moment?
2: Oh, thank you very much. A great question. Um, look, I, I, so one of, a great suburb is Queanbeyan, which is right next to Canberra. So for those who don't know, Queanbeyan shares the uh, the rail line border with, with Canberra. So uh, very, very close and about 12 minutes from Parliament House. Um, so it's got a lot of uh, investment uh, great leasing, great tenancy in that area, and New South Wales regulations, which we spoke about last time, Dave, which Mm. which mean that you're not paying land tax, So, um, whereas ACT are very rates-driven, a little bit higher, uh, so investment-wise, a little bit difficult. Um, New suburbs, such as Molondolo in uh, Canberra, um, are going gangbusters, big, a lot of... People loving new property there, so particularly the young up-and-comers uh, that are, you know, loving the bright and shiny new complexes. Very popular through that area, and very popular through um, uh, into uh, uh, suburbs um, such as Braddon and Kingston, uh, the inner city suburbs for the, uh, you know, the Latte set. Uh, very popular, very popular there. So, um, you know, very high rents, good returns. Um, and good, solid future, low, um, uh, low vacancy rate, which which is obviously uh, something that investors are looking for. Mm. And, and what about some of the suburbs that are good for like subdividing and development? Yeah, that's a tricky one around here. I've got to say because it really is more of a case by case and zoning by zoning. Um, so. It is very tight. Like Googong in in Queanbeyan has just been built, a massively uh, popular area. Uh, so a whole new suburb. So it tends to be in our area here. You'll find that most of the development is on a massive scale, an entire suburbs being built at once. Um, there is the opportunity in in both Canberra and Queanbeyan for buying and subdividing property, and uh, they're highly sought after. And uh, but they're really you've got to. You're constantly on the lookout for them. There's not one particular place that's got everything.
0: Well, um, my best advice to anybody who is looking at a move uh, to Canberra is to, of course, touch base with John Buckley. Uh, John's at REMAX Capital. Uh, as you can tell, he's passionate about what he does and uh, his advice is invaluable, although it's often free, so or a cup of coffee at <laughs> least. So, uh, <laughs> well, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast again, John. I really appreciate it, and I look forward to catching up with you again in a few weeks' time.
1: Thanks, John. Thanks, so Thanks, Matt. Pretty much appreciated.
0: The Property Pulse podcast is designed for anybody who's dealing in real estate, whether you're buying or selling, expanding upon your portfolio, or perhaps you're a real estate agent and you're just looking for helpful hints and tips that'll accelerate your success in real estate. Well, I hope you found a home on the podcast. And if you have, please subscribe to stay tuned to all new episodes as they become available.